you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Set, let's just praise him together today. Ah, he's been good to us. He's been good to us. Amen. So much that is going on in the world around us. So much that is on our minds. So many questions of what may be on the horizon. Trouble on every hand. Wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and famine. And here we are this morning in the house of the Lord and people wonder, how can you worship and praise God and have joy? It's because we know where we are going. Anybody in the house got hope that's beyond this world? If anybody asks you, Where I'm going, where I'm going soon. If anybody asks you, come on, sing with me now. Where I'm going, where I'm going. I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. Listen, I can take the pain and the heartache it brings with the comfort of knowing that I'll soon be gone. 
God gives me grace, I'll run this race until I see my Savior, see Him face to face. Anybody looking forward? song like this with a sad face. Otherwise, otherwise, the world's going to look at you and they're going to say, well, they're not too happy about where they're going. But if you can put a smile on your face this morning and you can sing it with resolution that it doesn't really matter what's happening in this world. It doesn't matter all the heartache and all the pain that may be going on in this life. All the grief, the sorrow, the sickness, Come on, somebody ought to put a smile on your face and say, I'm going up yonder. Come on, put your hands together and let the joy of the Lord. Come on, you sing it out. Say, I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. Listen, I'm going up yonder. Oh, I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. Oh, I can take the pain, all the heartache that the world brings, with the comfort of knowing that I'll soon be gone. As God gives me grace, I'll run this race until I see my Savior. I'll see him face to face. Anybody got hope this morning? Oh, I'm going up yonder. Say I'm going up yonder. Oh, I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. Oh. Somebody give the Lord praise today. Come on, praise the Lord with joy in your heart this morning. Come on, you have joy in knowing that one of these days we're going to see him face to face. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, come on, clap your hands to the Lord. All ye people, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Know ye that the Lord, he is good. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Come on, somebody ought to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise today. 
for he is worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, I feel good in the house today. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord. I better get into the word of the Lord today. Second, let's go to Titus chapter 2. Let's go to Titus chapter 2 and I'll read two verses to you. Titus chapter 2 and verses 13 and 14. So good to see all of you in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Why don't you look at your neighbor and tell them it's good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Come on, turn to the other neighbor and tell them it's good to see you today. Amen, amen. Titus chapter 2 and verse number 13. Looking for that blessed hope. And what? And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. That sounds like a good church to me. That sounds like the people of God to me. Uh, let's thank the Lord for his word this morning. God, we thank you for your word. Let the anointing of God rest upon the man today to preach your word. Let me get beyond this flesh and into the realm of your spirit and let the dimension of the Holy Ghost move and touch every heart today. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated today. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the second coming of Christ, of course, is the hope for all true believers. It is the promise that God is in control of all things. Now, I don't have to get much further this morning to preach joy into somebody's life today if you will just understand that God is in control of all things. I, I want you to say that with me today. God is in control of all things. Come on, I want you to say it again. I hear about three voices this morning. Let's say it again. God is in control of all things. Oh, that sounds good. Let's say it one more time so the enemy can hear us this morning. God is in control of all things. Now clap your hands to the Lord and thank him that he is in control of everything. And God is faithful to his promises, and to his word. I am concerned that many perhaps have lost sight of eternity and our focus has turned more to the here and the now. The church is moving forward and we must. In these last days, the Bible gives us clear signposts that these are the last days and it tells us that in the last days that there will be 
a great falling away and there will be an end time revival. And thus there is a twofold work of the church. And that is to be sure we are not part of the falling away. And that we are also ready for the great end time revival and harvest of souls that are going to come in in this end time season. But it seems that many have become enamored with life here and now. They are focused on what they have, what they own, what their future in the here and now uh, looks like. They have become more focused on things and on the fulfillment of their personal goals and on uh, what they can gain, popularity and fame and fortune. And even, even in the church, if we're not careful, while I believe the church must be focused on both areas of guarding against the falling away and preparing for the end time harvest, while both works of the church are so very important, we must be careful to not get so caught up with our personal ministries and the work of the church and the ministry of the church and the activities of the church and lose the reality of the second coming of Jesus Christ. We must be watching while we work. We must watch and pray. It is a twofold ministry of the church to watch for his great appearing and to pray for those who are lost without God. I must remind those this morning that there is an eternal judgment for those who are faithful until the end. There is a biblical reward of heaven. Jesus spoke about the end time and his return. And in that end time prophecy of all the things that is going to happen in this life, there is also the hope of the church that is beyond the here and the now. And it is the hope of heaven. And for those who are not ready, there is also the reality of a place that we don't like to talk about. And it is the place called hell. In his first coming, Jesus came to earth as a humble, suffering servant. In his second coming, Jesus will return as the conquering king that will call his people out of here. In his first coming, Jesus arrived as a baby in a manger. But in his second return, he is going to come as the king of glory. But I want to remind you this morning that Jesus is coming. And the rapture is certain. And the church will be called away. And if you're not ready, you need to get ready. And if you are ready, you need to be watching. And you need to be waiting 
for his great appearing. I don't know when Jesus is coming. I'm not foolish enough to predict when he's coming. Some have tried and failed. But I come to remind you this morning that Jesus is coming and he is coming soon. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says that his return is very soon. The Apostle Paul continually wrote of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Men throughout ages have predicted and written books and preached messages predicting the return of the Lord and maybe even the time, but the scripture tells us that no man knows the day nor the hour. But we do know the season of his return and we do have some prophecies of his return. I, I, I just come this morning to remind the church, get ready. Get ready, children, the Lord's coming. Get ready, mom and dad, the Lord is coming. For those who are unsaved, he will come. The Bible said he's going to come like a thief in the night. This is a frightening point for those who are unsaved. He will come as a thief in the night. They're going to be focused on the here and now. They're going to be focused on their life. They're going to be focused on their things. They're going to be focused on everything except his appearing. They're not watching. They're not paying attention. And he's going to come like a thief in the night. They're going to be focused on everything else. And he, without warning, he, he's coming as a thief in the night. But the Bible also says that for the bride of Christ, this is not the case. This is what the church needs to be aware of this morning. And that is that to the church, he, it, he's not coming to the church as a thief in the night. But he gave us some things. Just look around you and you can see the signs of his appearing are everywhere. He is coming and he's coming very soon. The Bible tells us that if you will lift up your head because your redemption draweth nigh. The, the church must understand that to the world that is enamored with everything that is happening in the here and the now, they're, they're going to be caught off guard at the return of Jesus Christ. But to those who are waiting and watching for his appearance, Appearing, we're going to see signs in the heaven and in the earth beneath. We're going to see wars and rumors of wars. We're going to see famine and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places and, and, and all of the signs that the Lord says that the church ought to be paying attention to. I hope you're hearing your pastor this morning as I'm reminding the church to look around you and, 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 and check out any news that is going on. And what you see, they're telling us that Ukraine has 40% of all of the, the grain, the wheat grain, 40% uh, of the wheat grain that uh, furnishes the world is, is right there in Ukraine. Yet, there's not going to be any crops. I, I 
didn't come just to preach gloom and despair, but get ready. What you are seeing when you pay at the pump is just the beginning of what we are about to see in the world. Church, get ready. I feel the Holy Ghost so powerful on this platform today as my heart is being unveiled to this congregation. Lift up your head, child of God. If there's ever been a time that you better make sure you're ready, your family's ready, you ought to not live in drudgery and despair, but lift up your head. The last four or five services, there's been a theme. Lift up your head. Look into the hills. Oh, come on, worship looking up. Pray looking up. Lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. It's very near. Come on, child of God. His coming is near. We've got to be ready. In 2021, the United Nations declared 2021 as the International Year of Peace and Trust. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to know what I am about to tell you this morning. Then in 2022, Russia, the superpower, has attacked the small country of Ukraine while the world is watching. The Bible says that when men cry peace and safety 2021, the United Nations, the International Year of Peace and Trust, in alignment with the scripture, when men cry peace and safety, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. For those of you that was at men's conference on Friday, You heard Brother Mason, missionary to Ukraine, as he was there with us. By the way, the Indiana district sent $32,000-$33,000 in an offering from that congregation. Took it up right there that night. Many other pledges that came in to, to go and be sent to Ukraine to help our brothers and sisters and the missionaries. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the church. Why is this important? I'm about to tell you why. Friday night I spoke with our missionary. Brother Dylan and I stood and had a few moments to talk with Brother Mason, our missionary to Ukraine. We talked a little bit about the conditions. And he made this statement. He said, all of the families... They had jobs, and they had houses, but they have been forced out of their homes, and they've been forced to take their children and to gather as a group. They have had to gather, and they head to western Ukraine, where that they are trying to get away from the heavy areas of attack and war. And as of Friday, it seemed that the attacks had moved into western Ukraine. Understand that these men and women have no, they've left their jobs because they're 
there, is, there are no jobs. They left their homes because they don't even know. They had to leave their belongings and when they go back, if their homes are standing, most likely they will be looted. Most likely this is costing. I'm talking about our brothers and sisters. The church in Kiev with about 300 members, a church about the size of Christian Life Church put us there. These are not some strange people with all sorts of strange idiosyncrasies. These are brothers and sisters just like you and I. They don't look different from you and I. Their culture is not greatly different from you and I. Moms and dads and families and jobs and cars and all that life in general. And yet, completely out of their control, they have had to leave their homes and their jobs. The women and children that have connections outside of the country are trying and attempting to flee the country and to go into other parts of the world, all into Europe that will accept them and allow them to cross. The numbers are so great, they're filing for visas to try to get out of the country. But the systems are so overran that if they haven't already filed, the chances of them ever being able to, to get a visa, it is highly, highly unlikely. The government is doing their best, but there's nothing more they can do. Every male over 18, between the ages of 18 and 60, are not allowed to leave Ukraine. They are commanded to stay and fight. The missionary that is here has five brother-in-laws and a father-in-law, every one of them apostolic, Jesus' name, preachers and pastors. Every one of them serving in a pastoral position, leading churches. Some of them very successful churches. Some of them serving in multiple churches with many ministries and preachers that are under them that are going out. They are trying to keep their people together. They're trying to help one another. They have left everything that they have. Their only chance and hope of survival is sticking together and maybe somebody that will have an idea of how their families can eat and where they can, if they can find food for purchase that much like the early church. They have to sell all that they have and put it all together and all things be in common to them. I don't know that you're hearing me this morning. That what we are seeing today is much the same way it was when the church started. Because of persecution, the only way that they could survive was to stick together. 
Don't anybody get this preacher wrong. I'm not a cult leader and suggesting we all live in a commune somewhere. I, I didn't come. I, what I came today is to remind you that Jesus is coming. I came to remind you to be ready. The church needs to hear your pastor today. If there's ever a time that we need to build strong relationships within the church. Strong relationships with one another. Because you never know when two weeks could change your life. Do you think a month ago that the brothers are our brothers and sisters? Jesus' name, apostolic, born again, tongue-talking, holiness-living people knew what they were going, the conditions they would be living in 30 days later. Probably not. But as the world reaches the point of his second return, the church will undoubtedly face things that we have never faced before. We have a commission to reach everybody we can with this message. Uh, oh, we sit here this morning and we can brag about having, having a couple hundred people gathered together to worship and how blessed we are and how great our church is doing. Yes, that's wonderful. But within an hour's drive of this building, there is over um, there are over one million people that need Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to hear your pastor. Today we have a job to do. Some of you have lost family. You need to have them in the house of the Lord with you tonight and next week and the week after. We need to build relationships. Relationships. We need to we need to make sure people are ready because his coming is soon. I didn't come to scare you today. I came to preach what God told me to preach to this congregation. Children, get ready. His coming is near. His coming is soon. I know it seems like this these things only happen in a land far away, but it'll come to a city near. The church needs to unify like never before. There's no time for pettiness. There's no time for attention seekers. There's no time for people that need spotlight. We better find what God has gifted us to do and we better go to work. We may not get it all perfect. Listen, I've, I've, been, I've been in the work in the workforce, particularly construction, many, 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 many years, and and uh, having ran a business many, many years, and worked in and around the construction trades, and 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 sometimes I would have people that would be working with me, and sometimes I didn't necessarily like the way that they did what they did. I would have preferred it being done a different way. And uh, when I was much younger, I, I was a little more quick to say, hey, Danny, that's not how you do it. That's not how I want it done. And he would have 
try it again. And I might tell you, Brother Danny, uh, just, just, just go over there and do something else. Let, let me do this. And, and, and I start trying to do that. And I start trying to do this. And before long, I'm overwhelmed with so much to do. I, I can't get it done. As I, got, as I became a little more mature, I began to understand, you know what? It may not be perfect. It may not be exactly the way that I would do it. But you know what? It's better that he goes ahead and does that. Brother Dennis, it's okay that you go ahead and do it your way uh, because we've got so much to do. I can't. Uh, listen, I'm trying to relate this to the church to you today. Somebody may not, may, may not mow the way you mow, Brother Phil. Somebody may not clean the way you clean, Sister Nancy. But I came today to tell you while they may not do it exactly the way that we do it, everybody in this church better get ready and say we've got to reach this world. We've got to there's a job for you to do and you need to engage in the work of ministry in these last days. There's something everybody can do. We better get ready. We got to put pettiness aside. I'm not sure everyone in the world is looking for his return. I'm not even sure that everybody in the church is looking for his return. Most of us are guilty of just looking for a little bit of heaven down here. But I got to tell you, there is no heaven on earth. The writer in James says it like this, life is a few days and it's full of trouble. If you think that you're, you're, you're serving God's going to escape the trouble of this life, you're wrong. You're going to get up on a Sunday and get a call that your sister-in-law fell down the stairs. You're going you're gonna to wake up and have a flat tire sometime. Things, people aren't going to always treat you the way that they, sometimes you wonder why, man, why in the world? You don't know what they're going through. You, you don't know what's happening to their health. You don't know what they're not telling you about what's going on. Come on, we got to make a little room for somebody. Get our focus on heaven and say, come on, brother and sister, we got to make heaven our home. We got to get in this thing together. We got to get in this ship together. We've got to make heaven our home. Come on. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be an encourager to you. There's not going to be any heaven down here. The closest we're going to ever get to heaven down here are the moments that we spend in the presence of God. And that's what keeps us and sustains us as a church. Those who know Jesus already understand that. For here, we have no continuing city. But we are looking for a city who's Builder and maker is God. The church needs to recognize the day in which we live. This week I listened to a message from a conference that, that was at least 20 years ago and it touched on topics that seemed so futuristic but were absolutely prophetic to where we are as a nation and as a church today. I, I, I warned the church to get your house in order and for those who, who have taken our freedoms uh, for granted and, and for those who have taken the church for granted and our ability to gather and worship for granted, I'm concerned for you and for your family. The last two years have taught me uh, where, where, uh, where, where do we run when the storms of life are threatening? Where do we go? What do we do when the government says we ought to not gather? Where do we, what do we do 
when the pandemic is, is blown greater than life and scares everybody to death and we go from 260 one Sunday to 60 the next Sunday because of the threat of a virus and a disease. What is the church going to do? Come on, somebody. We better get ready because we don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, but we know that his coming is very soon. Don't be dismayed, child of God. In the middle of persecution, there's going to be a remnant of God's people that are going to rise up like never before, and we're going to be part of the great revival in the midst of the turmoil of this world. If you've ever prayed for your church leadership, you ought to pray now. If you've ever prayed for your brother and sisters, you ought to pray now. If you've ever been concerned about your lost family, you ought to be concerned now. Oh, we're living in the final hours before the Lord calls his church home. Oh, somebody lift their hands and let the joy of the Lord come over you in your praise unto him this morning because we are looking for that glorious appearing. I've got to hurry this morning. Matthew 24 tells us the love of many. Here's some signs of the end time. The love of many will wax cold. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us there'll be a great falling away. The Bible tells us that there'll be people that are deceived. In the last days, there'll be wolves in sheep's clothing. And, and, and people will be led astray by false teachers. They, they, they claim today in so many pulpits there's no, no real eternal place for the wicked. Everybody's going to heaven. If you just believe that's all it takes, you're going to heaven. But that's not what the Bible says. Read the rest of it. Read it in context. There's no punishment. God's a God of love. How would he ever punish his children? That's because he loves us. Just because God's a God of love doesn't diminish the fact that he's already also a holy God that demands a holy life. And the fact that he woke me up this morning and allowed me to borrow another 20,000 breaths today shows me how loving and merciful that he is. The fact he allowed me to get in this house this morning and I have felt his presence so powerfully today in our worship. And since I've been on this platform preaching, I, I feel the brush of angels' wings on this platform while I'm preaching this morning. I just keep feeling something walk by and just touch me while I'm preaching this morning because the Lord has sent me to this pulpit to say you better get ready. The fact he's given me another opportunity to pray tells me how loving and merciful that he is. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that people will not endure strong preaching. They'll come away. Come a time they will not endure sound doctrine, but it'll be after their own lust. They're going to heap unto themselves teachers that's having itching ears. It's going to be a, an ebb and flow. It's going to be people that find find those that love their compliments and love. And it is a thing that the enemy listen. We're all human. We all love to have our ego stroked. We all love to, 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 to feel like, oh, I got a lot of compliments 
compliments off of that song. I, I got a lot of compliments off of off of that Bible study, off of that message. Uh, people are people are complimenting my my my, my new dress or my new suit. Uh, but we got to be careful that people aren't just coming together so that they can get caught up in some sort of strong delusion. Uh, people would rather in this day uh, hear a twenty-week Bible study about angels, but they don't want a one-week Bible study on the holy living. Uh -huh. The Bible said that there would be a great falling away. I'm not sure that that means numerical. It may be that there will be a falling away in the last days of people that are going to stand for the truth. But there's also a signpost uh, that the Bible says that the gospel will be preached in all the world. Everybody say all the world. I talked to our missionary on uh, to, to Ukraine on Friday night, as I've already mentioned, and he told Brother Dylan and I. He said, uh, "He said the the, the doors for, for the West to Russia have been completely closed." That's what he said. He said the doors are closed. He said, "But God so knew what was happening." He said during the time that we have been able, he said all the countries, all the Stan countries, Pakistan and 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 Afghanistan. And 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 uh, all of the all of those countries that are are near and around. Most of them are Muslim countries, and they are, they're full of Muslim beliefs. But we have been able to get in, and there has been people that have been born of the water and the spirit. There are churches that are thriving. Some of them are not even public missionaries that are there, and they're having churches and houses and in basements where nobody knows. And he said he said there are preachers that have developed and grown. And he said the moment that they closed off the door to Russia and we can no longer get in, he said what they don't know is, is that we have, we have many churches that are already established. He said, but the contact has been cut off. He said, but God already has, already has made a way. And he said those missionaries that are in all the Stan countries have developed preachers that have an open door and former Muslims are going into Russia Right now during wartime, they're holding services and Bible studies and revivals are breaking out. <laughs> Let me tell you what he told us. I wish he could be here. I invited him to come and be with us. His schedule wouldn't allow it. So I'm coming and bringing some of his stories to you this morning. And I want to tell you what he said. He said, everything you see on the news is not exactly right and some things are. He said, I know there's been a few things leaked. He said, but some of our very own people have had, have had the Russian uh, military that have come. And he said something. They became overcome as they began to, to, to come toward them. And he said, they, they, they lay down their weapons and come to our people who are unarmed. And he said, they come to them with tears streaming down their faces. And they are apologizing, saying, our government is making us come and do this. But we're not in agreement. And they say, can we pray for you? And they're laying hands on Russian military personnel. And they are praying over them. I'm telling you, God is getting 
I'm telling you, God is getting his church ready. He's getting his people. The gospel will be preached in all of the world. It's happening all around us. Hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands are being baptized in Jesus' name because what one church couldn't do in Jerusalem, it is spread to all the world and in little pockets and little communities and little Bible study groups, people are being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, don't lose faith now. Don't lose faith now, child of God. We've come too far to turn around. Oh, some of you may have come in this morning limping. You may have come in struggling. You may have come in overwhelmed this morning. Ah, I hope that through this message today, somebody's going to get heaven back in view. Somebody's going to start looking for that blessed appearing. Ah, somebody's going to find that blessed hope uh, of that glorious appearing. I tell you what the apostle said I hath not seen and ear hath not heard neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which the Lord hath prepared for them oh come on we have a hope we have a hope don't get all caught up worried about what are we going to do in these last days I tell you what we're going to do we're going to watch and pray we're going to reach everybody we love I'm not getting caught up in everything the world is, is dealing with oh pastor if you knew the struggle I was in your struggle is real but lift up your eyes. It's just a few more weary days and then the church is going to be called out of here. Oh, come on. We have a hope this morning. If we have hope only in this life, we'll be of of all men most miserable. For what is your life? It's a vapor. That vanishes away at here for a little time and it vanishes away. But for those of us that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, here's what Ephesians chapter 1 said. Here's why the Holy Ghost is so important. If you're here today and you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence for speaking with other tongues, I want to tell you why that it is important. I didn't, I didn't intend to say this this morning. But if you're not sure that you know that you know, you better make sure you are ready. If you're not full of the Holy everybody say full. If you're not full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost, you better get full of the Holy Ghost. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest, everybody say earnest, it's the down payment of our inheritance. You know what the Holy Ghost is? It is a seal. It seals everything that God has done in you. See, when you repent of your sins, he forgives you. You're baptized, he removes the sin. But without the Holy Ghost, it's not sealed. You'll end up going right back. You need a sealer that goes on. You need something that seals you from what you used to be to where you're going. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence by speaking with other tongues, is the seal that God puts upon you. He seals you. And he said, this is is the earnest. It is the down payment of our inheritance. You want to know what our, our inheritance is? 
It is the inheritance of heaven. It is the blessed hope of his appearing. That's what our, our oh, I don't have much down here, but I've got a home in glory land. I got a place that's going to outshine the sun. I got a place where Jesus is going to be the light. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more pain, no more dying, no more parting. I got a home. I got a place. I've got a hope. I've got an inheritance. And the Holy Ghost is the down payment. It is the assurance. It is the seal away from this world. And it is my hope of glory. It is the earnest of my inheritance. John the Revelator writes about it. I saw I John saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. John chapter 14 describes a little bit. He says, In my father's house are many mansions. That word means rooms. In my father's house are many rooms. There's still room for more. If it were not so, I would have told you. But he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You don't have to be in the mully grubs today. You don't have to be down about what you're going through today, because as sure as the sun will rise in the morning and set in the evening, he's going to return for a church. He's going to return for a bride that have made themselves ready. John said, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write for the words are true true and faithful and he said unto me it is done I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end and I will give to him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely and he that overcometh shall inherit all things sounds to me like the Holy Ghost is the only way that you're going to get over there you ought to somebody this morning needs to let this moment of refreshing you ought to let God fill you all over again you ought to let God baptize you afresh and anew you ought to let God you ought to let him pour out upon you right now Come on, turn this house into a prayer room. Oh. Oh.
Come on, church, this isn't just for noise. Come on, church, this isn't just an activity for a better life. There is a hope that is beyond what we feel in this house. This is the only, this is as close to heaven as you're going to ever get. But when we get over there, Jesus is going to walk in. Come on, somebody needs to lift up your head. Somebody needs to lift up your heart. Somebody needs to praise him looking up today. Somebody ought to pray looking up today. Hey, hallelujah. Come on, why don't you, why don't you just find somebody that you love and just grab them by the hand right now. Oh, come on, there's room up here for everybody. If you're, if you're able-bodied, why don't you just walk on up here to the front today? If you have to come sit up here in the front, just come up here with us today because we, the church of the living God, we're not going down. Hey, I don't read about a bride that's going to go down worn and tattered, but I read about a bride that's put on its wedding garment. I've read about a bride that's made themselves ready. Come on, we're going to go. We're going to go to that land. Come on, somebody needs a refreshing of the Holy Ghost right now. God wants to pour out a refreshing and a renewal right now on somebody. May the Holy Ghost be poured out right now. Let the power of the Almighty God. Come on, don't let human reasoning stop. What God is wanting to do in your life this morning, come on, be filled. Be filled with His Spirit. Come on, be filled with His Spirit today. Come on, be filled with His Spirit today. give God praise. Come on, lift up your voice this morning. Come on, lift up your voice to the Lord this morning. There's no reason for us to doubt. No reason for us to fear in these end times. The church has a promise. 
There's no reason for you to fret when you pull up to the pump and you say, I hope I got the money to pay for gas. Just say it's a sign of his appearing. When you go to the grocery store and the shelves look empty, you need to say it just looks like a sign of his appearing. This life is a few days and full of trouble. But one of these days, one of these days, come on, if you don't know that you know, I invite you this morning. I invite you this morning, if you don't know that you know, if you've never repented of your sins, you need to repent this morning. If you've never been baptized, you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. We're ready. We have robes ready. The water's ready. Towels are ready. We'll baptize you this morning. And if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you just to come put your knees against the edge of this platform so we know who you are. There's prayer workers, there's ministers that are going to come lay hands on you this morning and God will fill you. If it's been a long time and you want a refilling today, you ought to just come walk up to the front of this building this morning and you ought to say, I'm looking for that moment of refreshing. Come on, that's you. That's good. Come on, come on. Come on, ministers and prayer workers. Don't wait on me this morning. Come on. You were commissioned of God and by your pastor today. We're going to lay hands on them this morning and refreshing is going to come. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, do it while the Lord is moving in this house. You ought to be filled. You ought to be refreshed. You ought to be restored. You ought to be renewed. Yes, yes, yes. Ah. Come on, there's no time like the present. No time like the present. Come on, you know what the rest of us are going to do? We're going to rejoice because we know he's coming. We're going to rejoice because we know he's coming. And we know we are ready when he comes. Come on, singers, get ready. Come on. We're going to turn you loose this morning. Take us to the throne room of God today. Come on, we're going to worship in this house. Somebody's going to be changed in this house today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on now. No spectators today, everybody involved in worship this morning. 